This is Rethinking Climate. We are a nonprofit investigating on environmental communication. We like to make clarity and promote eco-citizenship. Today, we're very pleased to have the representatives of the Earth Guardian Zambia. Darwin, thank you very much for being with us today. Can you tell us a little bit about your work? Yeah, thank you so much, Asia. It's really a pleasure to be here and uh, do this interview with you. So like uh, you have said, I'm Darwin Maluele. I'm the director for Earth Guardian Zambia, which is a non-profit environmental organization. So frequently, much of the communication is especially focused on generally bigger organizations and not focused on smaller ones, especially when located uh, located in particular countries. So can you tell us a bit about your work and what are your challenges today? Yeah, so basically our work and uh, the reason why uh, we came into being is uh, due to the rampant uh, ongoing climate crisis world over, which doesn't exclude our country because my country is faced so much with uh, climate change Yeah, as a result of uh, too much deforestation, as well as uh, the arm, some other arm which, which are done to the environment. So that's why myself and some other guys, we try to like uh, come up with a solution, try to be a savior of the environment. And uh, the challenges are that um, it's very much difficult to like put everyone on board to just realize that uh, climate change is really a reality and it's affecting us because uh, all the messages they need to like, um, we need to have the support system, which is very much strong so that uh, when we're executing our work, it will be very much easy for us to go flat out and do our work in a manner that will be beneficial to the environment. But the major challenge is actually the people, the audience, it's not like everyone who is so much like uh, involved or people that uh, really agree that uh, really climate change is there and climate change really affects us. So that's the major challenge, just like uh, for the people to accept and realize that uh, we are the people, the custodians of the environment are the ones that are harming the environment because there are things, very two things that we can do to care and protect for the environment. But us, if we are not uh, doing our best or protecting the environment, then definitely we won't have an uh, environment we see which is so nice, like uh, excited for the next generation. They will not be able to enjoy the, the beauty of nature which we are able to see. That's a bigger challenge as well as uh, just like resources to mitigate and meet all the demands of uh, climate change. Absolutely. So can you tell us a way in which your organization has been trying to combat this challenge? Yeah, so basically what my organization we have been trying to do is um, we just reached to some organizations which are like-minded, which are also into the same work that we are within the country as well as outside the country in terms of support. Because like I said, we are basically very much uh, based like uh, in tree planting because we are trying to <coughs> reforestate where it has been deforestated. Like I've mentioned that uh, we are currently in the in the crisis of climate change. And one of the results is as of uh, 
too much of cutting down of trees by people that are involved in charcoal trading. Yeah, so basically this is what we have been doing to combat uh, the problem, yeah, as well as uh, writing to some uh, other organization who was also like um, into the work that we do, just like put them on board. What you say is very extremely important. And could you tell us a story? So again, like I said before, much of the communication is sometimes focused on particular stakeholders. Can you tell us something that happens in your country that the rest of the world should know? All right. Like uh, what happens like in the country that the, the rest of the world should know? Just like uh, recently, let me say, like uh, last year, we had a government, we had a change of government. This change of government, uh, they wanted to start mining in one of our national parks. Yeah, they wanted to start mining there. It's uh, Lower Zambezi, the place is called Lower Zambezi. So the previous government wanted to start mining there and they were strongly condemned by the opposition. So now this year, as I'm talking about, the same opposition which condemned the act by the by the then uh, government in power. Now this government, which was in opposition, is the one now in power. So we have a new government which strongly condemned the previous government of wanting to start mining in a national park. But this same government, they also wanted to go ahead and start mining in the same place where they had condemned their, pre their the previous people, the previous government. So that's how us as a nation citizens, we raised against their call to start mining in the Lower Zambezi. So we did a lot of much past, just like denouncing their move. So this is one of the things that the world needs to know. Yeah, and uh, if you can just like uh, go on the internet to just search Lower Zambezi, you will find the story is there. So that's what we were currently like uh, trying to advocate against. And so uh, what, you, what you're also sharing is that Policy does play a big role. We all know that. But also, again, much of the solution sort of points the finger to the people. But what can we say yeah. about that? Like, that's that's certainly unfair because, as you're saying, politics plays a big role. So what, what message would you like to share with our listeners about that? You know, about what can we do also ourselves? Yeah, so basically... Thank you for this question. And let me also take this opportunity because I'm also again involved with another organization uh, which is uh, the found, uh, which is like headquartered in the UK. It's called the Stop Ecocide. Yeah, so like I'm the branch lead here for Zambia where we are trying to like uh, push ecocide as a fifth international crime which want to be recognized as a fifth international crime. So what we are doing is we are working hand in hand with uh, different stakeholders and politicians from different political parties so that we want everyone to get involved so that it, they can pass a bill in parliament to like recognize the harming of the environment. Yeah. So one of the way to like communicate, to like uh, make a strong voice is involve everyone who is like uh, people that have much influence those are the people that we should target writing letters then we just have to like you have said we don't have to start pointing fingers because if we begin pointing fingers it's like we are wasting time there are people in you know they might be people in your community who would want also to do something but it's like they don't know how and where to start from but if they see one person you are doing that they will join you and you have the rest people following you 
basically the most important thing is just to begin something. Once you begin something, then you will see one or two, three people, they will start following you. And once two or three people start following you, they, are also, they also have networks. Also means that things should be done together. And I think the message you're sending is extremely important about community. And after all, this is everybody's planet not just a single person's. We all live on it. So very important what you're saying. So maybe you want to tell us a bit about your projects in your community, since I had the pleasure to see some photos and videos of your work in schools and tree planting. Maybe you want to tell us a bit about that? Yeah, sure. So like uh, the, the, the tree planting, like I said, that uh, most of our work as Eighth Guardian Zambia, we are in the forefront of equipping the youths and the young, the youth, young people teenagers, more excited the schools, because we are trying to, we are trying to integrate, we want to like, uh, we want schools to integrate eco-education in schools, because we believe that uh, these children, school-going children, just starting from nursery way up to university, they are the present future readers. So if we try to, if we impact knowledge in them, then then they will be able to share it with the next generation that will come after them, after us, we are gone. So our work with schools, we try to like integrate and equip them and show them the importance of preserving, conserving and protecting the environment. So we have opened eco-educations in five, in 10 schools countrywide. And we aim to like increase on this number. We provide them with materials and show them so that uh, even if when they go, they go into their communities, they will be able to educate people in their own communities. And most of the time what we do is, when we have in this tree planting project, we go to schools, we plant schools, different uh, types of trees. They can be indigenous trees as well as our fruit trees. So what we do is we may give like in each like, each classroom and each child, each pupil, we give them two trees so that they can go and plant in their localities. So basically, this is what we are doing. So far, we have managed to plant 7,000 trees. Wow, that, that is an amazing project. Really great job. Uh, I think you're doing something very important, including youth. So uh, since we're talking about the younger communities, can you provide an advice? I mean, as you said before, it can be very, uh, it can put pressure. Some don't know where to start. Some others don't think that it's necessary for them to make a difference. What advice can you provide? Yeah, so the advice I can provide is that um, the best time to do something is right now. Like I already alluded to, like I already explained, like earlier, I say that uh, we just have to start begin with what we have. Or if you might have maybe an idea, share it with someone else. That someone else may also have somewhere or a crew on how to start something. So once you have that, you don't have to wait, say, Andres, I have well, what is required or I have something for me to start. But just start with whatever you have, then there will be people to support you. Like myself, I just, I say, it's just too much of uh, the deforestation in my country. So let me begin. As I'm trying to advocate, like, I did not having like uh, people were not impressing it so much, but the moment I began using from my own pockets, I buy let's say five seedlings, then I go and plant in schools because I was targeting the youth. Like I said, these people they have got much influence. Yeah, so from the same small thing that I started, then boom, 
people like had large following. Then I saw say that, okay, this thing is actually very much doable, very much uh, possible to begin. So my advice would be that just start with what you have right now is the best time to start. Time is essential at the moment. Yes. It's part of the work that we do is also in figuring out where the gaps are. So maybe you can tell us where do you think the gap is? And how can our listeners also support your mission in recovering those gaps? Yeah, so the gaps are uh, in terms, like I would say, most of them, like uh, the constraints there, like uh, which is making the gaps, is like the resources. Sometimes we want to do something, but we will literally be constrained by resources and there will be gaps. For instance, we would want like uh, during this eighth day, our plan is to plant 15,000 trees. But if we don't receive like uh, what we have been like uh, trying to like uh, raise from different uh, organization, if we don't have that kind of uh, amount that we are trying to raise, then definitely we won't go to our usual, we won't meet our usual target of 15,000 trees. Much of the spirit is that people don't care. So in other um, interviews that we carried out, there's been the sense that you approach the audience that cares and is willing to listen to you. Do you think that is true? Like listen to the audience that is willing that is willing to listen to you. And I was saying that, uh, yes, it's important to listen to the audience that is willing to listen to you. But also, we need to also to like uh, do our best to reach out to the audience which might not, in, which might not be interested to listen to us. Because the one that is willing to listen to us they definitely mean that they are conscious and they are like-minded about what you are doing. But the other group, the other audience, which is not willing to like listen to you, then it means that they are not like-minded to what you are doing. And in this case, we are talking about climate change. We are talking about the environment. And definitely, we just want, we just have to get everyone on board. So if there is a, or if there is an audience which is not willing to like hear what you have to say, we just have to find some means to just like make them give us their attention and make them listen to us because at the end of the day, we just have to make them understand that this is what I'm doing. It's not my own benefit. We are all the custodians of this place. Then if we do this together, we will definitely achieve what we want for the betterment of the planet. Recycling is a big issue in many countries. Can you tell us a bit how that's working and what are you doing to help it? Yeah, and it's helping. So far, so good. And the reason why we started doing this is because like uh, maybe I believe even like where you are and everywhere in the world, there is too much of uh, plastic and you know, plastic does not, is not, is non-consumable. It doesn't like, uh, it's, yeah, it stays for a long time. So if you came to like Africa, like let me talk about my country where I'm based, there's just too much of littering of plastics which is a danger to the environment. So we work hand in hand with the municipality, like employing people, contracting people to like go around and get all those that are being retired around so that they can be taken back to uh, respective designated uh, places who are involved in the manufacturing of whatever they put in their plastics. Can be plastic bottles and just plastic, yeah. So. These are the things that we are doing with recycling. And again, the reason why we are doing this is because uh, it 
um, it also like uh, contributes to the hip, like uh, which we currently are having. Like uh, back in 2018, we had an outbreak of cholera, which was a result of uh, things like uh, the things which are things which were heaped and dumped on sites where they are not supposed to be, which were not designated for dumping. Yeah, so these are the things that we are what we have also been doing to like clear those dumping sites which have been put actually like you might find that there is a dumping site which has been created just like in the middle of the market people are trading and people are just throwing all kinds of litter so that's where we come in to like recycle and uh, protect and clean the environment I thank you very much for your time for today's interview thank you so much you are welcome it's a pleasure I invite our listeners to subscribe to our YouTube channel and follow us on social media. And of course, I'll provide the links to the Earth Guardians of Zambia so you can follow Darwin himself in his work. Thank you very much again for your time.